Hey there, if you're listening to this and you support us on Patreon, you can hear it via the Patreon page ad-free. So now listen, gentlemen, it is start time. Are you ready for start time? You're listening to Sound Opinions, and this week I'm talking to Louise Post, best known from Veruca Salt, about her latest albums. I'm Jim DeRogatis. And I'm Greg Cott. But first, let's review new music from Idols and Mary Timoney. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. That is a track called Dancer from the new Idols album, Tank. Uh, it's the fifth studio album from uh, this British band, Bristol, England, to be precise. I think, you know, they came together in 2009. It took them a while uh, to figure out how what they wanted to do and how they wanted to do it. We had Joe Talbot, the lead singer of the band, on the show uh, a couple of years ago. Uh, you know, and, and, and he was saying that they were, you know, finding an identity for the band was a struggle. It took a long time. Uh, they put out an EP in 2012, but their debut album, uh, Brutalism, didn't surface until 2017, uh, nearly a decade after they started playing together. Yeah. Uh, but it really established the band as a, as a force to be reckoned with. It was uh, inspired, if that's the correct word, uh, when Joe's mother died after a long illness. It really focused him, he said, uh, on what he wanted to do and what he wanted to say in his music. Um, some acclaimed records quickly followed Joy as an act of resistance in 2018. Uh, started to develop a bigger following for the band. Ultramano in 2020, Crawler in 2021, uh, came fast and furious. Got, got a reputation as one of the best live bands uh, of the last uh, decade, certainly of the 21st century. Yeah. Um, New album, uh, producer, the, the news here is that they're once again working with Kenny Beats, who worked on uh, Crawler, uh, but uh, the new face in the production team is Nigel Godrich of mm. Radiohead yeah. fame. Uh, he's bringing some new uh, touches to the, to the music, which we're going to talk about in a minute. But before we do, 
let's play a track that I think is somewhat emblematic of what is somewhat of a new sound for the band on the track called Grace from Idol's new album Tank on Sound Opinions. Grace by Idols from album number five, Tank. Um, Going to come as a surprise, Greg, to some uh, listeners who've been following Idols' career. Uh, I don't want to say it's a kinder, gentler Idols. It's not. Yeah. Uh, not once you begin to really listen. Uh, but there are slow songs. Mm. There are songs in which Joe, who is known to improvise at the mic uh, in a stream of consciousness, almost like a rapper, um, you know, is singing yeah. <laughs> kind of melodically. Um you know, but I think sometimes uh, you listen to one moment in one song that sums up all the strengths of a band, and I'm so glad we bumped in with Dancer. Um, it, it's not one of the newer songs. It's more one of the old uh, idols, Ragers. But listen to the way when he's talking about uh, being on the dance floor with a partner and the cocoa butter is running down their neck, and he, <laughs> and he says, sweat. The word sweat comes up in several songs throughout the album, and each time that word is invested with a universe of meaning, you know, I, you know, there are rare is, are the vocalists who can take one word and put everything that they're about, uh, into the way that word is expressed. Um, that's what idols does. Well, small moments. I think that Godrich's, uh, you know, trademark piano loops and ambient, uh, backgrounds and kind of pulsating electronic percussion in place of, uh, roaring drums in spots, um, is, is new territory for idols, and it shows that they still have a lot of, uh, of music to explore as a band. Um, you know, Talbot uh, is a dad. He is now thinking about what kind of a world uh, his daughter is entering and leaving, hopefully one with no god, no king, as he uh, rails at one point. And, um, you know, he, he's been through tough times, a broken romance, uh, and he just feels the weight of the world, all the pain. Uh, when we talk to him, you could tell that. You can tell it on every other album. But he remains uh, optimistic. Uh, he's been talking about, and he sings uh, at one point about, this concept of Freudenfreud, mm. which is uh, a German word meaning joy in joy or the opposite of schadenfreude. Mm -hmm. Like if you tripped on your way into the Sound Opinions recording <laughs> studio and I laughed, uh, like Nelson on The Simpsons, right? <laughs> right? No, no, no. Don't, don't take pleasure in the misfortunes of others. Uh, you know, be happy for the mm -hmm. good things that happen to anyone, and the world's going to be a better place. Idols remains an optimistic band under all the rage. Yeah, absolutely, um, and, and that's the beauty of the band. Uh, I think they sort of stood that whole idea of the laddish intensity. You know, they're the lads, yeah. they're singing loud, they're, they're in your face. They're, they're at the pub. <laughs> they're, they're sort of macho guys, but then you're listening to the words, and you're saying, these are, they're, they're using this sort of punch-in-your-face 
uh, intensity, but there's a lot of vulnerability in these songs. They're singing about, you know, uh, Joe has gone on and on and said, you know, our, our big theme is love. And you go, really? Yeah. Yeah. You know, but, it, you know, now you can hear it more uh, on this record. I think it uh, because of uh, Godridge's production to a large extent, uh, they've, they've sort of let that aspect of them uh, shine. Uh, you know, when you talk about, um, you know, the, 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 the softer approach, the more vulnerable approach, uh, Talbot's singing, I think Godrich really encouraged him to sing, as you said. Uh, the voice is more flexible. There's, there's some fragility in these ballads, which I couldn't really say that about Joe's singing before. Everything no, no. was like, you know, I'm going <laughs> to run you over with my intensity about, you know, we've got to change the world and we've got to change it for the better. Here, here, these songs have a moodier vibe to them. You know, you still get the battering ram idols and you know tracks like Hall and Oates. And dancer, as we played at the outset. Uh, but I love uh, the more subtle stuff that they're doing here. This more atmospheric stuff. Um, it, it, it's sort of. Uh, you know, just when you think a band has sort of, you know, shown itself to the world what it is all about after four albums, here we get a, a, a nice little detour for this band that uh, expands the possibilities for the future. Uh, to my mind, they're one of the best bands working right now. This, yeah. this uh, album just uh, continues that trend. When the darkness was my friend That is a little bit of a song called Looking for the Sun by Mary Timoney from her first uh, solo album in, in more than a decade, but certainly not her first album, Greg. You know, I was thinking about Mary's place in the uh, rock firmament. Uh, you really have to dig for a select few other bands in the last 30, 40 years of indie rock that have had as much longevity influence and diversity uh, you know like sonic youth uh before they broke uh yola tango and mary has them beat <laughs> i count and i'm probably wrong i count 14 albums six eps and at least six band identities born and raised in washington dc a uh, graduate of boston university she was in those two cities at key points mm -hmm. when their music scenes were exploding. D.C. with the post-punk proto-riot girl years, Boston with the indie rock heyday of the 80s, and Mary's never stopped since. Uh, she was on Sound Opinions back in 2011 as a member of that supergroup Wild Flag, and again with her band X-Hex, but her other bands have included Autoclave, uh, Helium. Now, this is a solo album. Uh, what is Mary giving us? The storied past will indicate uh, if you know her work, but there are surprises, too. Let's play a track. We'll come back and give our review. This is the song No Thirds from Mary Timoney's new album, Untame the Tiger. So I'll travel on now, 
is No Thirds from Mary Timoney, the new album, Untame the Tiger. Uh, it's the first song. It's one of the best songs she's ever written. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think it's uh, just fantastic. As soon as I heard it, I go, this is wonderful. Um, that driving hypnotic beat, but mostly the guitar playing, those uh, desert blues. I was thinking of those uh, Teneroan, you know, yeah. uh, uh, those nomadic bands in, in, in Africa uh, with the guitar voicings. Um, her, as a guitar player, she has few peers. I mean, the last 30 years is just an incredible array of sounds and textures and tones and perhaps doesn't get the recognition she deserves because she's not particularly flashy. You don't think about the 10-minute guitar solos that Mary Timoney plays because she doesn't do them. She serves the songs. She's very much about what is the guitar doing uh, in, within the context of this song. The guitar playing is at the center of this record. She's wrote, she sang, she co-produced every song. Her guitar is at the center of just about everything here. Um, it's a versatile, melodic instrument. The riffs, the fills, as memorable as her melodies. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the styles, as I mentioned, uh, desert blues, but also psychedelian, looking for the sun. That Birdsian country vibe in the guest. Come on in, you've been so true to me. You dig in the Every song is is uh, a new a new tone, fitting what she's trying to say in the song, uh, the arrangement and the genre that she's exploring in a particular song. So the guitar commentary is like a clinic in itself. You know, she's giving guitar lessons to some of the best players in the world. They I go know, to Mary Timoney for you know guidance on how to play this instrument because she's just so uh, wonderfully skilled at it. I would put her in a class with somebody like a. A Curtis Mayfield, you know, who knows how to Steve Cropper, who knows exactly what to play when it's needed. Richard Thompson. Yeah, there you go. I think that's, that's a great. I example. think that's a key because she is a master of that kind of vaguely psychedelic uh, folk rock. You know, at, at different points uh, in, in her career, we've gotten prog, we've gotten sort of this ethereal witchy drone. Uh, one of the things she does on guitar that I love, and there's much of it on this album, is, uh, you know, I, I can't tell because I, I don't see videos of her in the studio, either the Ebo, that magnetic plectrum, mm-hmm. uh, or just the overdriven sound. What am I talking about? Think of, uh, you know, David Bowie and Brian Eno's Heroes, right. Robert Fripp's guitar. Yeah, right. I just love that sound. Right. It sounds almost like a, a cello, you right. know. And uh, there's a lot of that here. Um, she's got some great co-producers, Dave Fridman of Flaming Lips uh, and Mercury Rev fame, John Agnello of Dinosaur Jr. Talk about a guitar band, right? Uh, and Joe Wong, you know, friend of Sound Opinions, mm-hmm. uh, great drummer, uh, great musician, uh, all of whom, uh, you know, are contributing to make Mary sound as great as she has ever sound uh, sounded. I, I can't, you know, Greg, what a great week this was, living <laughs> with these two albums, Idols and Mary Timoney. Because no, if there are 10 better records this year, it's going to be one of the best years in the history of popular music. Yeah, no, this is a great record. And, and we should mention, you mentioned the drummer, Joe Wong, uh, Dave Maddox of Fairport Convention yeah. is drumming on this record. Yeah. I mean, that's amazing. The Richard Thompson connection, right? Uh, it, 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 they're very much uh, in keeping with what's Mar- what Mary's doing here. You know, like everyone, like all of us, she was hit with the devastation of COVID, uh, hit hard. Uh, and that was followed by a, a longtime romantic breakup and caring for her parents and seeing them 
leave. And so loneliness is the theme that really permeates this mm -hmm. music. And the key line comes from that song, Dominoes. Uh, you really can't love without letting go. Mm -hmm. All of us move on. So I think her and Joe Talbot philosophically have much in common. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. That's what we thought of the new albums by Idols and Mary Timoney. But now we want to hear from you. What do you make of these records? Leave us a voice message on our website, soundopinions.org. When we come back, we'll get into Jim's conversation with Louise Post. That's in a minute on Sound Opinions. When I met you, you were talking like a man. Sound Opinions is supported by Goose Island. Since 1988, Goose Island has been brewing award-winning beers in Chicago that are inspired by this city. Take 312 Lemonade Shandy, Tropical Beer Hug Double IPA, and a rotating series of hazy IPAs only available in Chicago. Uh, you know, every time we go down to Goose Island, there's another one that they're pushing on us. That's right. You and know, they're all good. Absolutely. And uh, what supporters of, of musical culture, you know, in, in the city of Chicago and elsewhere, uh, if you go to a show in Chicago and you see that Goose Island uh, sign, you know, you know you're in good hands. Uh, they're music fans as well as great uh, beer makers at Goose Island, so we're really proud to be associated with them. The Goose Island Beer Company, Chicago's Beer. Sound Opinions is supported by Goose Island. Since 1988, Goose Island's been brewing beers in the spirit of Chicago. You can find IPAs, lemonade, shandy, and limited releases in-store or at one of Goose's venues in Chicago. Goose Island Beer Company, Chicago's Beer. And we are back. This week, I had the pleasure of speaking with Chicago alt-rock legend Louise Post. Louise Post, probably best known as a guitarist, singer, and co-founder of the band Veruca Salt. But uh, last year, she gave us her solo debut, the album Sleepwalker, released last June. And then later in the year, she followed that up with the Widow EP by a new band, Veils, V-E-Y-L-S. Welcome to Sound Opinions, Louise. Thank you, Jim. It's been entirely too long since we've caught up. It really has. Too, yeah. many, too many years. Too many years. Uh, sitting in the back of Wishbone with the uh, Veruca Salt Mach 2, I think was the last time we talked. Oh, wow. Was that it? Yeah. <laughs> Post-Nina, post um, the album you did on your own. Uh, maybe there was once after. Who knows? Who knows? But, uh, you know, I'm shocked that you have time to even talk to me. You're in the studio now, and you have been in the midst of this explosion of creativity between uh, putting out Sleepwalker, one of my favorite albums last year, and the Vels EP, which I had had gone under my radar until you mentioned it, and I've been uh, uh, deep in it ever since. Well, thank you. And yes, yes, I have been so busy. It's what has kept me afloat um, through the pandemic and yeah. pre-pandemic. I think um, in the early years of Veruca Salt Reunited, as you know, on in mm -hmm. 2014, 2015, and uh, released Ghost Notes and did a tour to support and did some extra touring beyond that. But the band then was on on pause, just sort of indefinite pause, still is. Um, mm -hmm. No acrimony, no nothing negative there. We're all we all there's so much love in the gang, but life has taken us in different directions, and so I was really kind of um, at an impasse, and um, 
and, you know, spoke to my, my cohort, Nina and said, like, listen, if we're not going to make a record, I got to go make one. And she's like, Godspeed, you know, and she wants to, but she just wasn't in the headspace and it wasn't the right time. So Mm -hmm. I had all these songs brewing and I had been, I've been teaching music at my kid's school because she goes to a public school out here in LA and there, there was no music program for these kindergartners. And that obviously was not going to stand with me because the early music education I had, which wasn't much, but we sang in class and we sang at school Mm -hmm. and I was in choirs and from a very young age that just these children needed music. And, you know, it's been scientifically proven that music is enhances and it's integral to uh, early uh, brain development. And yeah, it helps with everything, math, with everything. everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's only logical that we would have music in our schools, but we did not. So um, I became like the de facto music teacher. And I was more scared to go like in front of 25 kindergartners than I was to play <laughs> like, uh, I don't know, um, where have I played in Chicago, kind of everywhere. It was funny. It was, I had such stage fright. I didn't know how to deal with these kids, you know? Um, but that, that took over for a while and it was really lovely and, and, and really important to me to be connected to my kid at that, at that early age uh, in that way. And, you know, and then it became clear I needed to make more, you know, adult music and, Mm -hmm. um, and, and do what (laughs) really was, uh, that was, I was bursting at the seams to make a, a solo record. And so I finally did it. I made a proper Louise Post solo record. Well, and uh, did I get this correct? You had like three albums worth of solo uh, songs ready. Yeah. Yeah. I, <laughs> I, I, I still do. But the problem is, Jim, they don't stop coming. So like, right, right. my my voice memos, which we have going, have a couple thousand ideas in there. And they come to me and they come in dreams and they come as I'm driving Yesterday, I wrote a song uh, while driving in L.A. called Lift You Up, and it's beautiful. I hope I get to record it and finish it. I think I will, but um, I'm busy, and yeah, I can't, yeah. like, it's like there's not enough time to record all the music. That's the good news, right? That yeah, there's... <laughs> yeah, no, it's true. Uh, to, to be sitting around without ideas would be <laughs> tragic, given that you had all this material. Uh, and that this was going to be your first solo album. You know, what was the vision going into Sleepwalker? Because, uh, you know, I, I've been following you from the beginning, literally, lounge acts, you know, pre-anything, right? Yeah. Um, but this, and, and don't take this the wrong way, um, uh, this seems to be the most adult Louise music we've ever gotten. It's you looking at uh, the positives and negatives of relationships and, and digging deep. And I mean, we were all in that place during the pandemic, but, but I wonder if it's more than that. Well, first, let me say, let's hope it's the most adult Louise we've ever gotten because (laughs) I've grown up a lot. And if it were, if it were anything but that, I think that it would be cause for concern, but. Well, you know, it's not like anything else was not adult. I mean, I I teach a class at Columbia College called Music and Media in Chicago. Uh And so we have a class on gospel, a class on the blues, class on house music, and we do a class on alternative rock. I love that. we play and discuss Seether. Yes. You know, and what is this song about? And they all kind of <laughs> squirm in their seats. <laughs>
was that was R-rated then, you know, and still is. And then when they have the freedom to say, well, I think it's about, you know, yeah, that's what it's about. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know that, that we're actually, you and I are on the same page about what it's about. Well, it's about whatever they say it's about. Well, sure, you know, exactly. I've had I've had vagina dentata as the answer. I've had, <laughs> you know, the 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 more uh, general, you know, feminine power. Uh, you know, yeah. I think we'll just let it let it be subjective, right? It's the best part of music. Absolutely, whatever yeah. they hear in it, as long as they're hearing it. Yeah. 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 For sure. But, but adult, it seemed it seemed like you were taking stock on Sleepwalker. Yeah. I mean, a lot of life has happened. And again, like it, music kept me afloat. It has always been a lifeline for me. Like it's always been uh, a way to put rhyme and reason to to sort of, you know, the rumblings to the thing that's really usually the conflict is what gives is what gives birth to art in my life sometimes joy just pure unadulterated joy but it's always been this way that i pick up my guitar i play a chord and whatever is on my mind comes tumbling out and there it is and i'm like okay you know it has been revealed to me whatever's going yeah. on at that moment yeah. and uh it's an it's a vehicle to release and it's catharsis and you know, it's it's really a, a manner of becoming and becoming more relieved, I guess. I'm burdening oneself, unburdening mm-hmm. myself in this case. I guess to me, sometimes, even though it's very, very much uh, driven by my personal need, I, I truly deeply hope that it connects with other people on some meaningful level, like Cedar, for mm-hmm. example, or like uh, any song that I have ever penned that my band has ever released um, that I've released on my own. It's personally so satisfying and rewarding when I hear from someone that a song has helped them through something in their life, whatever it may be and whatever their interpretation of the song may have been. I just got heard from a guy who said the song What About on Sleepwalker helped him through a divorce. And I I wrote back and and told him I was glad, so glad that it, you, you know, that it resonated for him in whatever way it did. And he said it actually saved my marriage and he told me his interpretation of it mm. Mm. and I, I it was really like very far from where the song was the place where the song was born right right but it hit him in this way that was really significant to him and really altered his life and so what is uh i don't know more profound and more rewarding than that what about the things you read to me what about the buffalo they were there told you so what about the things you kept from me what about the things you left us and so i guess what motivates me is not just god i have to get this off my plate get this off my desk get this off my chest um, to quote one of our great lyricists of our time, but um, <laughs> but I have to like I hope that this connects with somebody who will need to hear it. It's the other end. It's like knowing that someone is listening. So like the fact that you're listening, Jim, like 
I'm not going to lie. It means a ton to me because to have this record have resonated for you, to have you have been appreciating it, enjoying it, like that's kind of the top of the mountain for me. I always like hoped that, you know, I was held you in high regard and always hoped that you would appreciate and enjoy whatever music Veruca Salt was releasing. And certainly the fact that my solo uh, offering has been, um, you know, ha has made it under your radar and made a, made an impact is really very meaningful to me. Well, because yeah, of this, because of our roots, you know. Yeah, yeah, it's true. But I made this point when I reviewed it that uh, I thought it would have gotten a lot more attention if it didn't come from Louise Post of Veruca Salt. If it just came from this new artist who sat down at age fifty, whatever you are, uh, being polite, um, you know, and and just let this off her chest, as you said earlier, because she had to get it out. You, you know what I mean? It's a blessing and a curse. The uh, online fandom community of Veruca is still strong, and it's as many uh, young women, you know, uh, younger than you and Nina were when you started out uh, connecting as those of us who'd been there since the alternative era. But I wonder, you know, if it's, uh, we take you for granted. <laughs> uh... Interesting. You know what I mean? Well, I think that that's is... true of a lot of artists. I hadn't mm -hmm. even listened to Peter Gabriel's record, and we're you know going to review it. We we tape tomorrow, and it's just I mean the last couple were kind of a snooze, and it's like damn, this one's a masterpiece, mm -hmm. and you know it came out late in the year, and it flew under the radar for me, mm -hmm. and it hadn't gotten the attention because like you know Heritage Act, right? Well, I mean, you're talking to someone who is like a lazy listener. I don't go out and seek out my favorite band solo members projects, their side projects. Like if it happens to fly across my radar, I will listen and and sometimes even like it more or in a different way than the band if, mm. that it came from. But I don't necessarily seek out solo records of bands I love. But again, I'm kind of a lazy listener. And, and yeah, I think... When I when I heard you say that on on Sound Opinions, I thought, uh, I think he's right. I really do because I I feel like this album is so incredibly strong. Well, I know it is, and I'm not. I I am. I just sort of assumed that Veruca Salt like following would on mass just jump on board to Sleepwalker and support me and be there for every moment of the ride. And what I learned about was this thing called rebranding. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I guess that's what I'm doing. Um, and, you know, wait, as you... Wait, did, didn't we get into this general uh, uh, field of endeavor in the 90s to avoid ever having to learn words like that? Yeah. I think Branding, so. and, you know, socialing and all. Uh... Yeah. Yeah. It's like, uh, it's a brand new world. And it's sort of, I'm learning. I mean, even, you know, to be fair, back then we just didn't call it that. But if someone, veered off like Stephen Malcolmus went off and made solo records from pavement yeah. and Stephen Malcolmus doesn't have the career even though he's made a ton of them and he has a certainly has a uh significant following as a solo artist it's he doesn't fill a room like pavement you know there's right right that's right. just how it is so it's been an interesting journey and I would love to I mean I'm I'm on it now that's the one thing that happened with this album is um whether or not it fell under too many people's radar it did let's say i entered the arena and i didn't realize i had an arena to enter um mm -hmm. because i thought that i was already there and 
even I would be surprised if like I showed up to a venue on tour last summer and I'd see the marquee and it said Louise posts. And I'm like, Oh, I think they got that wrong <laughs> because <laughs> I'm not used to care shouldering the weight, carrying it. And yes, it's liberating for sure. It's liberating in so many ways. It's so fun. And it's also a lot of pressure to step into that. Well, and then how does the uh, starting a whole other band, a whole other identity? Because the other thing I think you don't get enough credit for, I don't think you got enough credit for Sleepwalker. I don't think you get enough credit uh, because you're a woman uh, for shredding. You have always been a monster shredder. And Vels, uh, I saw in one chat you did use the word desert rock. It is. It's kind of a stoner, doom, new metal got a bad uh, it became something else, right? But, you know, it, it goes to, like, Queens of the Stone Age turf. Mm -hmm. And you get to be ferocious. Well, thank you. And it's, it is a really uh, strong band and project that... Um, that I started before the pandemic. And in fact, I was, we were so on fire and writing so many songs that we were ready to make a full record, but we began recording and then the pandemic hit. So we had four songs done. Mm. Um, five, if you include one, we're going to release uh, that's sort of didn't necessarily fit onto our EP, but we have a whole record to record and then some, but I pandemic hit and I was already writing other songs that were, not necessarily for Veils, but clearly for me on a personal level for my solo record to be. And so I sidestepped and we put that on the back burner. We ordered the vinyl. It took 10 months to come, you know, because oh, yeah, everything was yeah. back ordered. And yeah. so it, it was on order anyway. So I really dove into and we couldn't rehearse. So I dove into my solo stuff. And then mm -hmm. it became really clear to me, like, oh, I need to release my first record before I come out with another band with another female lead vocal that starts with VE. It just seemed like, like <laughs> there is that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so we put that on hold and it was just time to release it this winter. And we released it with very little fanfare, social media, and had got done a couple of videos. And so once again, I have uh we have this fails record to make as an a, a follow-up to the EP that I released on my own indie label, Velveteen Records. And then we have I have another solo record that I'm in the studio making right now. And I have this smoking band, aptly named uh, The Smoke Show, that I played with last summer with mm -hmm. my producer, Matt Drenick, who produced Sleepwalker, Nicole Fiorentino, I had played with before, and a few other really amazing players, a couple other amazing players. We were a five-person band, three guitars, Nobody needs three guitars, wow. but I know, <laughs> but I I wanted to put the guitar down for a while and just like chill with the mic. And it was really yeah. fun. So hold on another guitar player who could just rip some like Shutterbug solos. And anyway, I have so much music. There's not, there's not enough time, but it is um, super, super rewarding. And, and I guess the, the main thing that I face is like, how do I, how do I get people to hear it? How do I spread the word? Like, how do I make the splash that it deserves? Um, and it's a, it's a different world than it was even when we released Ghost Notes. When we get back, more of my conversation with Louise Post. That's in a minute on Sound Opinions. 
Sound Opinions is sponsored by Factor. Factor's ready-to-eat meal delivery takes the stress out of meal planning and sets you up for success. Skip the grocery store, prep work, and cooking fatigue. Instead, get chef-crafted, dietitian approved meals delivered right to your door. With over 35 meals to choose from per week, including options like keto, calorie smart, vegan and veggie, and more, plus over 55 weekly add-ons, you'll have a ton of nutritious and flavorful options. Factor now offers additional options like breakfast, smoothies, juices, snacks, and more to keep you going no matter what's on the schedule. When things get hectic, Factor is flexible. Change your order up every week or pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. So if you want to try Factor and make your life easier, here's what you need to do. Head to factormeals.com soundops50 and use code soundops50 to get 50% off. That's code soundops50 at factormeals.com soundops50 to get 50% off. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. And we're back. This week, Jim is talking with alt-rock veteran and brand-new solo artist Louise Post. Let's get back to their conversation. It strikes me when I talk about the alternative rock era and that insane period when every major label talent scout descended in, you know, on Chicago with their Platinum Amex card, you know. And, <laughs> and uh, you know, it, people are taking Tim Rattilli out to $400 dinners, you know. Yes. Um, and, and he, you know, I, he I'm deserves it. He enjoyed them. He <laughs> yeah. deserved it. Yeah, absolutely. But, um, you know, it was such a crazy period, and it's the penultimate it was the last gasp of that music industry, right? Because new metal and Britney, Christina come in next, and then it's not there anymore, right? Mm -hmm. And even on the superstar level, I mean, look at Taylor. She's had to uh, uh, completely fight that industry tooth and nail to the mm -hmm. point of re-recording her own music, right? Yeah. Good riddance. Uh, there was some fun, you know, those $400 dinners. I, you know, I mm -hmm. urge Overkill uh, having Geffen buy them a case of champagne while they sit down to chat with me, you know. I mean, it's <laughs> insane, right? Yeah. Insane. But having um, experienced that, and the younger audiences won't ever, and younger bands won't ever again, and the path is just different today and not nearly as clear. One of the things I think that's encouraging to see you making so much music is you don't seem to care about that at all. You're going to continue <laughs> making music and you're going to, I'm, I'm sure there's no bus anymore. You know, you're doing it the hard way again, like in the very earliest days of, of you know, Veruca traveling from Chicago to Madison. Yeah, I was in a van on this tour and I'm not, mm -hmm. and I, I was not a fan of the van. <laughs> I'm just going to tell you. Um, See, I've been telling Cot forever that we got to take a Sound Opinions road trip in a van. So he really understands that. And he has like no desire to do it. And I, I mean, granted, I haven't done it since like 87, but I, you know, I always kind of enjoyed it. It was very Kerouac. 
except there's a goal. You know, you're you're on the road in the quest for kicks, but every night there's a gig. So it's sort of more crusade than wandering. It is. That's a really beautiful way to put it. It is more crusade than wandering. Every night is I heard I heard Tom Petty say in an interview once that being on tour, all the focus is on the on the two hours that you're on stage. And then beyond that, winding down. And then the rest of it ramping back up for that those two hours. The whole reason yeah. that you're out there is for those two hours. Right. And the rest of the time you have to do you know, there's elation after a show, there's excitement, or there's like, you know, misery because you feel like you had a bad show. But generally speaking, it's like, all right, you, you know, feel like excited, elated, and on some kind of dopamine high, serotonin high after the show. Mm -hmm. And then there's a crash, you sleep, right? And then yeah, the yeah. next morning, uh, up and at them. And there's certainly excitement, especially when you when you love what you're doing, which I do. Um, but there's so much logistics. And I like to just turn it over to one person and have them tell me where to go and where to be. I don't want yeah. to have to make any decisions. And it's very weird to be back in a van after so many years of being in a bus and even 2015 we were in a bus it was like it wasn't like the most cost effective thing to do but there was no way we were going to get in a van um yeah. and so this was an interesting experiment and experience we're going to be back out uh for a few makeup shows soon i'm not sure when this is going to air so i'm not sure if i should say um but we will be back in the van in april and you know beyond that uh i I don't know. It's, it is a definitely a different animal. The industry, if you can call it that, uh, it's so so disjointed, and every man for himself um, or woman for herself, and it's really wild. I see people I know who've been established artists for their whole lives, like really like cobbling together some semblance of a career, composing on the side, making records. Um, yeah, yeah. you know, just to be able to continue making music. And honestly, it's not the easiest, the easier, softer way. It's really like throwing myself in the fire um, because it's what I do and it's who I am. That's what I've come to understand and accept and appreciate. I've thought of taking different career paths at times. Like I entertained going to nursing school, but then I got pregnant and I thought there's no way I can do that right now. Mm -hmm. And then two years into motherhood, Nina reached out and wanted to get together. And then we revamped Veruca Salt. And then, you know, I've told you what it's been like since then. Very busy life. We also ski. So um, mm. my family's always skiing. And it's a quality problem. But it's uh, it's like <laughs> there isn't really time to start up another, a whole other career. And this is what I do. So, like, to say no to this force that is sort of demanding to be heard and acknowledged and these songs pouring through me. 
I'm sorry if that sounds pretentious. I think it does just by nature, but that's how it feels like they're pounding at the door and they need to be reckoned with and, you know, hammered out and like through me. And then I, it's my responsibility I, as I see it to release them um, to the world, whatever that means. And I don't see this stopping anytime soon. Like I can't put the genie yeah. back in the bottle. I don't know how to cork it. And I, I, there have been times when I haven't really, I haven't wanted to play music. Um, mm -hmm. After Veruca Salt 4, I just, I wanted nothing to do with it, you know, in the era that you mentioned where Napster happened and all of that. And it just didn't feel like an, a welcoming environment for my, the music I was making. And I had no interest in changing to suit the times. And and I, I just, I felt like the industry was just a, it was just, it sort of was uh a negative place for me and I withdrew and it was the right thing to do. And then at one point my husband said to me, you know, he's also a guitar player, a musician. And he said, our guitars are in the closet right now. And it, mm. it's getting weird. <laughs> like they're, <laughs> it, it's this, it could, you know, 10 years could pass and they could still be in there. So yeah. uh, we need to get them out. Yeah. And what does your daughter think of all this? You know, she is, I think she's really proud of me. Um, to mm. be honest, of course, I'm extremely Does she, does she ever admit that? Because um, my daughter, I mean, she's 27 now, right? But, you know, when Melody was uh, in grade school and high school, I mean, like the only time she gave a single care about dad is when like a friend would say, you know, pulling on her arm, pulling on her arm, pulling her arm. And finally, she said, dad, so-and-so wants to know if you really interviewed Kurt Cobain. Yeah, I did, right? That's like the <laughs> only time, right? Otherwise, like I've never gotten nothing. <laughs> you know, which is good. But I, th I think that's good because she should have her own life. Exactly. I think part of the reason I didn't want to play music when my when she was a baby um, is because I didn't want to. I didn't want it to be about me. I was so sick of it being mm. about me. I just wanted to focus mm. on someone else entirely. And, and I mean, that motherhood is the best place for that. <laughs> Parenthood. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and it was, ain't a choice. Either. Yeah. It's not a, yeah. Yeah, there was there's no room for any self-reflection and, uh, you know, musings. Um, no, those little and, come first. Yeah. It, yeah right? <laughs> and that was like exactly what I needed. And yeah, she's really thoughtful about the songs. She's she's had me make changes on songs. She listens very mm. thoughtfully. It reminds me of my dad. He used to listen very thoughtfully to any music I played for him, even though my my four track demos and everything. Um even though he was a classical music buff, he loved listening to whatever I was doing and was very supportive. And she's the same way. She's like, you know, on God, I know there was a lot of breath between the vocal lines. Sometimes it's a it's an aesthetic choice. One makes a creative choice whether to keep the breath in or not. And sometimes a breath, one singular breath can add so much. It can be the build up. It can be like the equivalent to a backwards crescendo guitar that builds up into a chorus. The breath can do the same thing, a backwards breath or like, but in some cases a breath is just there and it's, it catches your ear and it's like a little insect that won't go, a little buzzing mosquito or something. And I had been thinking about the breath and she said, mom, after listening, she said, I don't, I think you should lose the breath between the phrases. Mm. And I said, you know, that's exactly right. You're so right. God, I know what it's like to wake up scared of the day ahead. God, I know 
So, so, so the the answer is your daughter is either going to be a critic or a producer, or both. <laughs> Man, she's so multi talented. I have no idea where she's going to land. Really, like whatever her passion is, she will she will pursue it with a plum. And she's inc- extremely like competitive in a good way. She's motivated by the competition. If she can do whatever she wants, it's kind of amazing. She's a dancer and she. Uh, started a little late and she's catching up um mm. and she's just uh really a marvel i uh, yeah. i can't believe this child of mine um i think we all <laughs> must feel that way you know um yeah there there are times <laughs> <laughs> the number of 4 hour productions of les miserables i had to sit through to watch melody be whore number 4 you know, <laughs> in, in, in a in a basement of a church on a folding chair it became painful oh that's daddy love yeah that's musical theater not my thing but (laughs) (laughs) well okay so a lot more music coming in 2024 yeah most definitely um i can't seem to stop and i'm happy about that i can't say how much touring is going to happen and you know i wouldn't have that any other way either but i will continue recording and releasing and to all who care to listen and I'm just finding my way in this in this sort of brand new world, and yeah. um, and it's it's all good. It's I feel really. Well, it's, it's amazing how how things you know there are still paths that something can just explode all of a sudden. You know, uh, True Detective using a handsome family song that was 15 years old. You know, and that, that, that Yellow Jackets needs to discover your music. Right, because they are doing so well with that '90s vibe, even when it's you know newer stuff, uh, new stuff that's recent. I mean, they just got it right, so they yeah. need they need some like Sleepwalker on Yellow Jackets. I totally agree. They did put <laughs> they they did use Seether, and that was nice. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. That fit fit well in there. Um, Juliet and I are friendly, so maybe I'll drop her a line and say, hey. Yeah, you know, <laughs> I, I I know that the Licks are the best band in California, but well, yeah, because you know, there's the there's the '90s teen kids, and then there's the women struggling with all these things today. So that's yeah. where you know, Seether versus Sleepwalker. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I do think this record would resonate with a lot of people who have yet to hear it, and I believe one one like. Uh, well-placed sync would be potentially a a real game changer it certainly deserves to have more you know many more ears on it and to infiltrate more lives that's what i believe that sounds incredibly Mm -hmm. mean but i just i just really believe in the record and also it's like it's none of my business it's sort of like all i can do is release the record and move on and that i get out of the way you know yeah (laughs) um my connection with my fans is really important to me. And as I said, like the people who've been with me from the beginning are diehards and they are going to be there for whatever I put out. And those connections are so incredibly motivating for me, even though they are, you know, I can't tell you exactly like how many people that is, but it's way less than there actually are. (laughs) And, (laughs) but I I really deeply appreciate their commitment to me and their loyalty to me. And they make me want to make music. 
as well. Mm. It's not just me and avoid. I don't think I would do well in avoid. Mm. I think I I need to know that someone is waiting for more. So the guy who told me that what about helped him with his marriage, he wrote me a note saying, "Are there, is there any more music coming out in 2024?" Mm. And it was this hopeful, just a little note, but it was hopeful. And yeah. I was so like touched by that. And it's just one person, but like whether he's speaking for 2000 or 200,000, whatever it is, like I, I will, I want to write for him, you know, right, right. because he's waiting for more and he yeah. cares. So I, I was really, t- really moved this whole, this year, this past year in 2023 by how much that connection matters, how much, uh, how deeply it touches me and how, how music moves mountains and shapes lives and certainly has shaped mine and the profound uh, honor of my own music, whether alone with Veruca Salt, whatever it is, has has helped to shape others' lives. That never gets old to me. It's always stunning and magical. Well said, Louise. That's the place to leave it. Thanks (laughs) Thanks for doing this. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. It's been such a pleasure. That wraps up my chat with Louise Post. But as always, we want to hear from you. Leave us a message on our website, soundopinions.org, with your thoughts about Louise's long and storied career or anything else. Greg, what do we have on the show next week? Well, next week, Jim, uh, I know you're a huge fan of karaoke bars. Yeah. Uh, you're there every weekend. <laughs> uh, but we are going to uh, give our favorites, our personal favorites. If we had to get up there and sing a karaoke song, what would we pick? Yeah, I'd uh, pay cash money to see you do that. Oh, I'm, you know, I, I'm, I'm game. And uh, we're going to have our production staff involved as well, as well as uh, many of our listeners, we hope. Uh, And do not forget to check out our bonus podcast feed wherever you get your podcasts. The views, thoughts, and opinions expressed in this program belong solely to Sound Opinions and not necessarily to Columbia College Chicago or our sponsors. Thanks, as always, to our Patreon supporters. Sound Opinions is produced by Andrew Gill, Alex Claiborne, and our associate producer, Sol Delgadillo. Our Columbia College intern is Max Hatlam, and our social media consultant is Katie Cott.